Proverbs chapter 3. And it's such a thrill to have Eric with me. And, uh, <clears throat> and it's just a joy. And the singing has just been wonderful. And uh, I appreciate, like I said, the offering because we have, when I first went to Guatemala, I was 27 years old. I first went to Haiti, I was 19. I was in nine different countries before I was 20. And uh, in Guatemala, I think there might have been 15 churches when I was 27. We're now up to about 450 churches. We have a Christian-owned radio station and a Christian-owned TV station. It's the Church of the Bible Way. The name of our fellowship down there is called El Camino Biblico, the Church of the Bible Way. And it's such a joy that uh, we're able to help. You know, in our building project, we've not backed down one bit from helping support world evangelism because that's what it's all about. We're going to be reading out of Proverbs chapter 3, starting with verse 5. These are very familiar scriptures with people who get acquainted with the Bible. There's people who go to church, but they don't know a whole lot about the Bible. But it's, this is the only revelation we have of God. If it wasn't for this Bible, we wouldn't have a revelation of God. It'd be everybody's choice. Uh, just pick what you want. But this Bible lets us know who God is, who we are, what God's purpose is, and what our purpose is. And we're just believing with you that God's going to extend your real estate here. And that uh, this, is, this is what your community needs. The community, there is, there's, you know, we're looking for people to help us and to look in some looking for a financial transition, some looking for political transition, some believing that this person will handle it, this person will handle it. There's only one thing where we can put our sure foundation on, and that you've got to build on that rock. So let's all stand together for the reading of the word. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 10. And I might paraphrase this a little bit, because sometimes you just got to explain a little bit, you know. He said, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not to your own understanding. In all of thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall, He shall direct. That means make your pathway smooth. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Give Him awesome respect. Depart from evil. It shall be health to your navel and marrow to the bones. Honor the Lord with your substance, your things you own, your, your money. And with the first fruits of all thine increase. And so shall thy barns be filled with plenty. And thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Just for a few moments, we're just going to deal with a simple phrase. And that's the first four words of chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. 
I'm asking you, Lord, to let this word be preached with love, with mercy, compassion, with demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost. And I will always give you the praise and the glory in the mighty, wonderful, matchless name of Jesus. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Just for a few moments tonight, we're dealing with the subject, trust in the Lord. Our text is found in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 10. The scripture says, trust in the Lord. And what we find here is we find it seems to be what all of the human race or anyone with good mental health. I know there's some people, you know, they get messed up in their mind and in their thinking. And they become suicidal. They become, uh, they don't want, they have no ambition. That's not good mental health. They don't want to do better. That's not good mental health. People that don't want to succeed, that's not good mental health. Uh, people that don't want to prosper. People that want, don't want to improve. There's something happened. And, and just in these few little portions of Scripture, he, he tells us if we'll trust in the Lord and all thy ways acknowledge Him. And here's what he says. And if you'll not be, and then in verse 8 he says, you're going to be healthy. In other words, if, if you learn the good ways of the Bible, it's not only going to affect your spiritual standing, but it will affect your spirit, uh, your physical standing. Now, I don't understand this, but my, my parents are down here with me. They're over here in Brayton in our house. Dad's 90 and Mom's 88. And... Uh, you know, Mom, sometimes I'll go over there and, and it'll look like that she's about ready to take the last breath. And, uh, and I say, well, Mom, maybe you may need to stay home tonight. She said, no, I'm going to church. So Dad drives. They, there they go. Here they, they show up. And as soon as the Spirit of God begins to move, you know that they can't put that in therapeutic treatment. You can't get that kind. You can't get that kind of experience in rehab. You can go up the steps and down the steps and up the steps and down the steps and stretch the leg and stretch the leg and pull the arm and pull the arm. Stand up, bend down, over, over, touch, stretch, stretch. But you won't get what the Holy Ghost can do. And I have seen both of them come alive. And I'm telling you what the world wants and desperately needs. The billionaire that just, that just left this world. He said, I had money to buy the best medicine, but it won't help me. He said, I have money to transport me anywhere in the world, but it can't help me. He said, I'm leaving this world and I'm helpless and I'm leaving everything I have. So if you think for one moment that you're going to make your way to the cemetery with a U-Haul behind, uh, behind the hearse, and you're going to have your favorite chair in there, and you're going to have your favorite Afghan in there, and you're going to have all that favorite stuff, I'm telling you, it's just not going to happen. And all those things that we're holding on to, we're thinking that when we go on to glory, that our children, I already found that out, our children's going to say, oh, this is daddy's shoes. We're not going to get rid of them. I'm going to tell you something. 
it won't be long. It won't be long till there'll be a street sale and a yard sale. It won't be long till the Goodwill's going to get everything you've got that the family didn't want. So all this stuff we're striving for and pressing for and trying to get, the Bible said, I'm telling you, I know what you're like. I created you. I know you want to prosper. I want to prosper. <laughs> Why, you don't have a God that don't want to make something. <laughs> well, look at all the things he made. He made the beasts, the field, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea. He made everything. And the Bible said this word of God, if, you, if you'll just follow this God, it's going to change you physically. And he said, if you'll just honor the Lord, just give him a little bit of what he's given you. If you'll just give him a little bit back. He said he's going to cause you to prosper. You're going to have plenty. Your presses are going to burst out. You're going to have so much joy you won't know what to do with. You won't have to have a joint. You won't have to walk a mile for a camel. You won't have to have two glasses of wine to unwind. I don't think, I don't think one glass will do it anymore. This day and hour we're living in, I don't think 14 ounces of wine will do much to you at all. It's going to take a half a bottle for some. But you won't need that. You won't need it at all. So he says, trust in the Lord. But the first thing you need to find out is who is the Lord? This isn't just a magic wand you can pull out, a scripture you can just pull out of the Bible and say, well, I'm going to trust in the Lord. You need to know who the Lord is. Religion is man's search for God, but salvation is finding God through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Ghost. So God created us in His image and in His likeness. He created us. He created us in His image. We are the mirrored reflection of God. God doesn't look like a zebra. He doesn't look like an elephant. He doesn't look like a peacock. He doesn't look like a chicken. He looks like you. He looks like me. He looks like us. Yes, He does. We're created not only in the image of God, but we're created in the likeness of God. And we're created in the likeness of God because all of the habit, all of everything else in creation. I go down here at the, at the beach here in Florida and they got those little stakes up. And I'm telling you, you don't go near them because that's where that turtle comes. And that turtle's going to lay that eggs there. And every year, here she comes again. I don't know where she's been. She's been floating around all over out there in the ocean. But she said, I'm a creature of habitat. I can't lay my eggs over here in Georgia. I can't lay my eggs over here in South Carolina. I can't lay my eggs anywhere else. I've got to come down here. I've got to go right to the same beach where I'm supposed to go because I'm a creature of habitat. That's the way it is with the uh, stork. The stork, the pelicans. Somebody told me that there's white pelicans getting ready to come in from here somewhere. They're getting ready to come from Texas. I, that's, that's what you said, didn't you say, Joel? I'm just trusting you with that, brother. I, I look and I said, you know, I, they got white pelicans. He said, oh, they're coming. I said, where in the world are they coming from? He said, same time every year they fly in from Texas. And they fly over here to get a little warmer. They come over to Florida, get a little warmer, to eat a little bit of your fish and to fertilize your property. That's what they come here for. That's what they're here for. They're creatures of habitat. Even Satan himself was not given a choice. He was a creature of habitat. He had to do what his habitat enforced him to do. 
But one day old Satan himself, he said, wait a minute, I'm tired of this. In his mind, he never said it with his mouth. In his mind, he said, if I can only get disconnected and do what I want and have my own choice and be my own thing, God knows I'd be just like him and he won't allow, my, allow me to do it. And Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, he said, one day I got tired of that attitude because I knew what was coming up. You never know who your worship leader is. Hallelujah. Old Satan was leading the worship and all the ones he had an attitude and Jesus came up out of those stones of fire and he was behind the cherubim and Satan was walking through the stones of fire and Jesus looks at him and said, listen to me right now. You are fired. You are out of here. You're no longer going to have this job because the next one that praises me are going to be the creatures of choice. I said creatures of choice. So the highest praise you can give God is I choose to get in my car. I choose to come to the house of God. I choose to walk in the door. I choose to raise my hand. I choose to say hallelujah. I choose to say glory to God. Satan don't understand you. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what your troubles are. I don't know what your trials are. He don't understand you at all. But he don't understand. He gave you a heart attack and you still come to church. He, get, he had your gallbladder taken out and you still come to church. You had a stroke and you're still coming to church. Your husband left you, you're still coming to church. You lost your house during the pandemic, but you're still coming to church. You've had all kinds of problems. Your boy's in jail, but you're still coming to church. He don't understand you because God... God said the next people that lift up my name and the next people that honor me, it's going to be by choice. And that's who you are. You've been chosen beyond before the foundation of the world to give him praise, to give him honor, and to give him glory. So you make your adversary very nervous whenever you say, I'm going to praise him no matter what. If he slay me... If he slay me, yet will I trust him. If I don't get the car, I'm still going to praise him. If the husband don't come back, I'm still going to praise him. If my boy stays in jail, I'm still going to praise him. I've made a choice. I've drawn the line. I know what I know. I know who he is. And I, I, I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I've committed unto him against that day. Turn around and tell somebody, say, I made a choice. Oh, Lord. I said, So who? So who? Who is this God? So who is this God? Hallelujah. After the fall of man, then the man, there was, you know there's no consequence for sin. Someone said, why in the world did the flood destroy everything? Because there was no consequence for sin. And when you never get a spanking, you'll do anything. And you know what? You know what? They did everything. Oh, yeah. The Bible said their mind was on evil continually. So then after the flood, you think your people learn a lesson after that. 
After, and I got plenty of spankings, brothers and sisters. I got paddled by every teacher I had up to the 10th grade. I got paddled in the 7th grade by all 7 teachers. In the 8th grade by all 8th teachers. So when somebody has an active little boy, I say, he must be a preacher. Glory to God. I saw somebody hug their little boy and say, he must be a preacher. Hallelujah. So Nimrod. So Nimrod, Nimrod said, you know, we all come from Eve. We did. One blood. Everybody's got the same blood. One blood. So he developed a religion with the goddess Eve. And he said, we're going to do it a different way. I know that Adam said, you got to come through the blood. Because when I was shaken and naked in the Garden of Eden all at once, here come this God. (laughs) And this God offered up a sacrifice, a substitutionary sacrifice. And he put those bloody skins on me. And he said, if you're going to talk to me, Adam, you're going to come through the blood. But Nimrod said, we're going to do it a different way. We're going to build a big tower, going to connect with the stars. That's what they're doing over here in Clearwater, and I know I'm close. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, all that Hollywood bunch. You know that? Do you know that? They got telescopes right over here in Clearwater. And they're searching the skies for aliens from above. There's aliens up there, all right. Because the Bible said the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. They're going to see him one day, but they don't have to use the telescope. Because the Bible said every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess, every eye shall see him. Well, Nimrod, he had his way. And then the Pharaohs rose up in Egypt. And they had many gods. And Pharaoh even thought he was a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar, he rose up. And Babylon had many gods. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar said, I'm one too. So I'm going to make an idol 90 foot tall. And when you hear the music, everybody's going to bow. But three teenage boys said, "Uh uh-uh, not us. And when the music played, they refused to bow. So he threw them in the furnace. Seven times hotter, as a matter of fact. But when he looked in there, he said, Oh, 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 oh. Did not I throw in three? But I see the fourth one in there. And he looks like the Son of God. Hallelujah. After Babylon came the Grecian Empire. Alexander the Great, he believed he was a god. The son of Zeus. After him came the Roman Empire. And all of those Caesars believed that they were God. So during the Roman Empire, influenced by the Greeks, here come one, hallelujah, born of a virgin in Bethlehem. Now we don't know too much about him because the Bible tells me that he's so big that his foot rests on the earth. That's poetic language. He is so great that he measures the planets from his little finger all the way to his thumb. All the planets in the universe, he measures them with the span of his hand. 
And if you want to know how big that your God is, just look in the hollow of your hand. And if you look in God's hollow of His hand, you're going to see the Pacific Ocean, the Gulf of Mexico, the Atlantic Ocean, the Caribbean Sea, the Mediterranean Sea, the Black Sea, the Dead Sea, the Red Sea. Hallelujah. The Indian Ocean. You're going to see it in His hand. He's so big. You can't get His arms around Him. What about that Holy Ghost? Jesus said the Holy Ghost is like the wind. He blows in. You don't know where He's coming from. And He blows out and you don't know where He's going. Hallelujah. Well, if God is so big, I can't find Him. If He's so great, how am I going to know Him? God said, I'm going to settle that because Ezekiel, right at the river Kibar, where all the Babylonian empire had taken the children of Israel captive, they sat by the river a-weeping and a-crying, and they hung their harps on the willow tree. But all at once Ezekiel said, I know I'm supposed to be sad, but I see something I've never seen before. It's coming out of the north. I see a whirlwind. It looks like a fiery hurricane, but it's made of fire. What is it? He said, I'm going to show you this great God. And out of the middle of that hurricane, there came a throne chair. And sitting on that throne chair was a six-foot-tall man. And he looked like Ezekiel. He looks like you, except for he was made of fire. He burned on the inside, and he burned on the outside. And God said, I'm going God in God. I'm God in the Father. I'm God in the Son. I'm God in the Holy Ghost. And on that day, God in God came out of God. He planted himself in the womb of a little virgin girl. And in Mary's womb, that became his dressing room. He clothed himself with humanity. He took upon himself fleshly garments. And he clothed himself. And in Bethlehem, when a voice was heard, and that voice cried, the angel said, we know that voice. We know that voice. That's the voice that threw Satan out. That's the voice that created the heavens. That's the voice that created all things. They said, glory, glory, glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth, goodwill to all men. So God in God came out of God. And God don't never change. I know God is God. And He always, He always will be God. Out of God. God was laying himself in a feeding trough. That's what a manger is. He was clothed in grave clothes. Yes, he was. Swaddling clothes were grave clothes. It's what they put on the dead people. Poor dead people. Not just dead people. Poor dead people. Oh, yes. Who is the Lord? Who is the Lord? He had to make a trip to Egypt because Herod wanted to kill him. He stayed there a couple years. They moved back to Nazareth. And in Nazareth, this mystery, this mystery that's been hid from generations. Woo! This mystery. Hallelujah. He went to Nazareth with Joseph and Mary. 
And there for 28 years, he lived in a poor man's house. He ate poor man's food, slept in a poor man's bed. Oh, yes, he did. <clears throat> he walked the cobblestone streets, little curly-headed, green-eyed, dark-complected, olive-skinned Jesus. Somebody said, how do you know what he looks like when you preach? You preach him any way you want. But when I preach, when I preach, I watch him walking down the cobblestone streets. I see him at six years old with that curly jet black hair and those dark green eyes and that deep olive skin. I can see him walking down there eating poor man's food barefooted on the cobblestone streets. He lived in a place called no good. Hallelujah. That's what Nathaniel said when they said, have you heard of Jesus from Nazareth? He said, of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? That's where all the no goods lived. Nobody's importance ever come out of Nazareth. Nobody rich has ever come out of Nazareth. Nobody famous has ever come out of Nazareth I'm telling you my God who measured the planets from the finger of his baby finger all the way to his thumb from the rings around Saturn all the way to Jupiter, Mars and the rest of them. The same God that holds all the Atlantic Ocean, the Pacific Ocean in the hollow of his hand. The same God that created the mountains the trees, the beasts of the field and the fowls of the air. He said I'm going to go to earth because Pharaoh couldn't tell him who I was. Nimrod couldn't tell him who I was. Nebuchadnezzar couldn't tell him who I was. Alexander couldn't tell him who I was. So I'm going to show this human race exactly who I am. Oh, yeah. So he went down to the river of Jordan to be baptized. And John said, I indeed baptize you with water, but there's one coming after me who is mightier than I, whose shoelaces I'm not worthy to stoop down and loose. And when he has come, he'll baptize you in the Holy Ghost and with fire. And he looked up on the banks, and here was this man from Nazareth, 30 years old. He said, Behold, behold. The Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Jesus went in the water. He came out of the water. And the voice said, this is him. There's no more doubt. You don't have to trust the Roman Empire. You don't have to listen to what Alexander had to say. You don't have to worry about the Egyptian gods. I'm going to show you who God is. facing the devil the Bible said he came out of the wilderness he opened the blinded eyes unstopped the deaf ears he caused the lame to walk he caused the blinded eyes to see he caused the dead to raise he walked upon the water he fed the multitudes with the little boy's lunch but that's not what he came for he came to show us God and he came to take your sins and my sins and nail them to his cross 
cross. That's what he came to do. So after three and a half years of a ministry, he took every sin, the past sin, the present sin, the future sin. He put it in his body. He was wounded. He was wounded for my transgression. He was bruised for my iniquity. And the chastisement of my peace was upon him. And by the bloody stripes upon his back, I am healed. He hung on the cross. He said it is finished. When he said it is finished, Joseph of Arimathea washed his body, put a hundred pounds of myrrh on him. And Joseph said, I've got a tomb y'all can borrow. Because I heard my Jesus say, You can talk about anything you want to talk about. But there's something special about Sunday. Sunday is the day (laughs) that up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. I don't know why he didn't rise on a Sabbath day. It would have made the Bible much easier. But he rose on the first day of the week. Yes, he did. I said he arose on the first day of the week. And after he arose, he was seen. He was seen for 40 days and 40 nights with infallible proof. But then on the mountain of ascension, he ascended into heaven. He said, go, go, go to Jerusalem and tarry until you be clothed with the same power that I have. And on the day of Pentecost, there came a sound from heaven. And the God that's so big that you can't put your arms around him. And the God that blows in and out like the wind. And you don't know where he is or where he's coming from. And the God that got up out of the ground, that same God, he came as God the Holy Ghost. And he blew in every one of them. And the Bible said this is the faithful witness. He is the faithful witness. He's the only one that can show you who God was. It's not Buddha. It's not Muhammad. It's not Scientology. It's not a million and a half Hindu gods. This is not an inclusive message. This is there is one Lord. There is one faith. There is one baptism. He is God. And I'm here to tell you, once you find out who this God is, it's going to totally change your life. It'll change your way of talking. It'll change your way of walking. It'll change your way of singing. It'll change everything. Let's give God a shout of praise. five years old 
We were the poorest church in Kenton County. Came Appalachian migrants. Lawson family's got a picture. JC said, I don't know if mommy would like you showing that picture. They're standing by the side of a barn. It might have been their house. It was. <laughs> oh, Lord. Mm. Uneducated people. Yeah. My grandpa had 16 brothers and sisters. Yeah. They, they, uh, none of them went past the second grade. Maybe some the third, but we're not sure they're telling the truth. <laughs> they might have been in the first grade three times. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Well, uh so, you know, when my great, great, my great grandmother, my great, great grandmother got the Holy Ghost 1906, but when my great grandmother raising 16 children, who glory to God, when there wasn't any food in the house, in the Appalachian Mountains, with cracks in the wall, snow coming through the cracks, she made her way out in the field, and she knew the Lord. She wasn't calling on the man upstairs. She wasn't all-inclusive. Well, I don't know exactly who you are. Some call you this and some call you that. No, no, no. The Bible said God has highly exalted him and given him a name. Not two names, not three names, not four names, not five names. His name shall be called Jesus. And my grandmother went out in the field and she began to pray in the Appalachian style. And yours is similar to your style. She began to say, Oh God, I know you're a prayer answering God. I know you can take the fire out of a fiery furnace. And then the mountain people, we call it hacking. They go, And I know, Lord. You didn't know how bad off white folk could get, do you? Lord, I know that you can take the, you can tame the lion's mouth. Lord, I know that you can cause manna to come down from heaven. Hallelujah. I know, God, that you can put food on my table. And about that time, a big old swamp rabbit jumped up and his ears were sticking straight up. And my great grandma, she wasn't picky. Let me tell you, when you're hungry, you're not picky. No, no, no. She picked up a rock and the Holy Ghost got a hold of her because the Bible said, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. She didn't say, Lord. She didn't tell Lord how to do it. Sometimes we think God's our secretary. Oh, Lord. Lord, let somebody come down here, God. No, no, no. She said, I need it, and you got it. The power of God moved on her. She picked that rock up, gave it a swing, hit that old rabbit between the eyes killed it so she grabbed the rabbit and she, she mountain women shout too Whoa! 
and they dance, but they dance a different way. They're, whoa! She's a shouting and a dancing. She goes down to the creek. I guess she had faith because she had a pocket knife in her, in her apron. She's going to eat something. <laughs> had faith. Went down the creek to skin the rabbit. While she's skinning the rabbit, I guess somebody, we don't know where it came from, but they'd been crappie fishing, fishing for crappie. And they had a big stringer about like that. And while she's cleaning the rabbit, here come a stringer, a crappie fish. And she went home shouting to that old log cabin. Look what the Lord has done. You know why people get proud? Because they think they're the ones that gets the money. They think they're the ones that have the big job. They think they're the ones that have the intelligence. They think they're the ones that solves all their problems. I know how to solve my own problem. God gives you common sense. You don't need to pray for everything. You haven't found the Lord the way you need to yet. Because when you find the Lord, He's a marriage counselor. He's a financial advisor. He's a problem solver. He's a way maker. He's, water. He's manna in the wilderness. He's Water in the in the desert. He's everything you need. Every time you need it. Oh, glory! Now you know. Then my mom's first cousin. He's older. He's from the older bunch. He had. Somebody asked me. They say. Are you one of those churches that started with seven in your living room? I said, are you kidding? Our church came from Appalachian culture. There wasn't a family in the church that had less than seven kids. We started with a house full. Chester had about nine at the time, ended up with 12, but this is only nine. And there wasn't anything. You know, God wants to show you He's God. Now, I know when you're rich and you got money, and then you have to wait till you get a tumor or something. You have to wait till you've went to every oncologist you can go to. You've had every opinion from every doctor. You went through every scan you can go through. And then finally you say, is there anybody that believes in miracles? I'm telling you, this is something that's so elementary when you realize who's Lord. He got his little children together and he said, All right, Thanksgiving's coming. Thanksgiving's coming. And said, We don't have anything in the house, but we want to have a we want to have a good Thanksgiving. And he said, you all start praying. Each one was praying. Oh, Lord, give us a turkey. Oh, God, we want some of those good half-runner beans. Lord, we want the sweet potato. We want the pumpkin pie. We want the mashed potatoes and gravy, Lord. Oh, yeah. We want some fried corn. Ooh, that's big in Kentucky. Do you know fried corn? Yeah. 
Well, I better not talk about pig ears and potatoes. Pigtails and sauerkraut. Smoked neck bone and mustard greens. I've had people say, I've had people come to me and they say, because my, my, my grandpa had 16 brothers and sisters. You know, you, you find out who the Lord is. Our church was holiness. And they didn't preach prosperity. They preached against it. And they still prospered. <laughs> you, you just can't outdo God. <laughs> Glory. Glory. And I've had young people say, because Aunt Stella down here, she had a house, beautiful house in Florida, and she lived to be 94, and that was Grandpa's, one of his sisters, and she'd have a big family. She'd, she'd let's have one of our kind of meals. Well, we had somebody up north with us. He said, what does that mean? I said, oh, you're going to find out. He said, what's that? And I said, it's pigtails and cabbage. He was sitting at the table. He said, what's that? I said, it's chicken feet and noodles. He said, what's that? Now we went around and got everything. And I said, that's smoked neck bone and that's mustard and turnip. And uh, he said, what is that? I said, I said, it's mashed potatoes. He went, thank God. <laughs> well, well, oh well. So they begin to pray. And they prayed, and the next day, you all know what a Muscovy duck is, don't you? It's those ducks around here that don't quack. They make that, and they have red on their face. You know what they are. Don't tell anybody down here, but we eat them. <laughs> Just leave it off. All right, let's, let's, let's lay off the duck right now. And your old Muscovy ducks are black. We have white ones and brown ones, real pretty white and tan. And all at once a big Muscovy duck come flying in the yard. And the kids chased it till they got it cornered in the barn. Because it's got that red on their face. You know how they say? He said, Daddy, Daddy, look what the Lord has done. He flew in a turkey. And those children were so happy about that turkey. And uh, Chester said, children, did you pray for a Muscovy duck or did you pray for a turkey? They said, we don't know what a Muscovy duck. He said, that's what this is. Said, what did you pray for? They said, we prayed for turkey. He said, you've got to let him go. God never sent it. They turned that duck loose. And if you know anything about a Muscovy, they know how to fly. Oh, did that duck ever fly? Hallelujah. Another day passed by. No turkey. Another day passed by. No turkey. Now it's two days before Thanksgiving. And Chester said, oh Lord, did I disobey? Was I unthankful? I, 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 I prayed for turkey and I know you give turkey. You don't give Muscovy duck when you pray for turkey. And Lord, did I make a mistake? Should have just kept the Muscovy duck on the side just in case. <laughs> Oh, but early that morning, here came Brother Cager McQueen. He pulled in the driveway.
He said, Chester, my wife and I were praying and the Lord spoke to us. We brought you a turkey. We brought you green beans. We brought you pumpkin pie. We brought you this. We brought you that. We brought you sweet potato. We brought it all. And boy, they went to shout. They went to praise to God. Well, that's not the end of the story. An hour later, here come another car. Because when God's got somebody on assignment to bless you, He knows people are disobedient. And He wanted to make sure that that family got what they needed for Thanksgiving. So about an hour later, here come another car pulls up and said, Brother Chester, my wife and I were playing, praying three days ago. I'm sorry we didn't make it three days ago. But he said, I said, I got to get it over there. We brought you turkey, green beans. We brought you potatoes for your, for your wife to fix. We got sweet potato here. We've got, the, we've got the pumpkin for the pumpkin pie. And they got another stuff. He never said he already had one. All at once they took it in and they shouted again. But that's not the end of the story one hour later because I'm telling you God's going to get it to you I said God's going to get it to you oh you can't hurry God no 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 you just gotta wait you gotta trust in God and give him time no matter how long it takes He's a God you just can't hurry He'll be there, oh don't you worry I said He may not come when you want Him But He's right on time <laughs> You can't hurry God No, no, no You just gotta in God and give him time no matter how long it takes he's a God you just can't hurry he'll be there oh don't you worry I said he may not come when you want him but he's right on I'm going to tell you, dealing, we could tell, I could stay here. Somebody said, boy, you tell a lot of experiences. It's because I come from people who trust in the Lord. I'm just going to tell one more experience. I've got hundreds of them floating around up there. At the big Catholic St. Elizabeth Hospital in northern Kentucky, just about 10 miles south of Cincinnati, in the Cincinnati, you know, the tri-state area. The old preacher, Harley Hensley, his son, Brother Hensley, gone on to heaven. But his son was very sick and was on a vent. The doctor said he's brain dead. He's gone. Go 
ahead and get the funeral arrangements ready, of which the children did, but Sister Hensley was from the Appalachian Mountains. And uh, her grandma and grandpa and all of them received the Holy Ghost way back, same as my great-grandma, about 1906, 1907, in that era of time. And Sister Hensley just wouldn't give in. And the CEO of the hospital, I have a very high reputation, you know, I'm just talking about in my position. The CEO said, contacted me, and I went to the hospital, said, Reverend Bates, we have an issue. I said, what is it? It's that Hensley family. I said, What's, what are they doing? I said, well, that old one, she's the ringleader of them. <laughs> but they were down in the chapel the last two nights, and the weirdest sounds, this is a Catholic chapel, it was empty. They weren't bothering anybody. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. She said, we heard the strangest sounds. She said, I went down myself to investigate. She said, I stood outside and I heard sounds like, Oh, 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 She might have she might have heard a few ha I don't know I said well, was it too loud she goes oh it wasn't too loud she said it was something I've never heard before and she was a nun at one time she's CEO now and I said they were just praying she said Reverend Bates we have a policy here and that boy he's in his 20's He's been on this vent long enough. Long enough. We're pulling the plug tomorrow. They think he'll live. But someone has to talk sense into that, that, that ringleader, that old one. She's a woman. I wasn't there, but they gathered around that bed one last time at old sister Hensley. She came and she was sitting there. Oh, Lord, I'm trusting you, Lord. Who do you trust if you don't know the Lord? Who are you going to trust if you get in trouble? I know your, your, I know your preacher's going to come and mama's going to pray for you for sure. And grandma's going to be right there. But what about when you are by yourself? Sister Hensley was standing and all I think the eight brothers and sisters were gathered around his bed and she said I'm trusting you Lord about that time the Holy Ghost the Spirit of God came on Sister Hensley and they said she put her face up and her voice said my child my child he will not die but live let them do what they will The doctor said, are you all ready? She said, do what you will. 
They took him off of that vent. They said he'll probably take one breath at the most two. It'll just be muscles. He kept on breathing. No medication, breathing. Within 20 minutes, he was moving. Within 40 minutes, his eyes are open. I'm going to tell you something. This is a fact. Before the end of the day, he walked out of the intensive care. That does not always happen. But I just said it to let you know it's a possibility. With God, with the Lord, it is a possibility. Quit putting crutches on your God. Quit putting your God in a nursing home. Quit giving Him glasses that are so thick. The Bible said His eyes are not dim that He cannot see. Neither is His hand short that He cannot save. He's the same. Let's all stand together. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, oh, go up about two. Only trust Him. Only trust Him. All the singers, just help me if you can. Only trust Him. He will heal you. He will save you. He will heal you. He will heal you. One more time. Only trust Him.
but I said it doesn't happen all the time but there's a possibility we've seen from the time I was a child Myra Hinch I didn't see this because it was before I was born Myra Hendrickson spit stomach cancer on her. Sister Floyd, one our pastor's wife when I was a boy, locked herself up in the church for three days. Cancer had already eaten through her colon and it was in all lymph nodes. The doctor said, are you ready to start your treatment? She said, I stayed at the church and I'm in the hands of the Lord. He said, you're a fool. She's 91 years old. She was probably 40 when that happened. I can tell you that I've seen the alcoholic. My uncle was one. Couldn't go anywhere without a liquor bottle in his car. A functioning alcoholic. He worked. He was not a mean man. Just couldn't get off the alcohol. But one prayer. This is the Lord we're talking about. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question. Is there anyone tonight you have never publicly confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life? You would like to start one of the most exciting lifestyles you'll ever live. That's trusting in the Lord with all thine heart. Is there anyone tonight you want to walk down here and meet me? Come on, just get out of your seat. You say, I need to confess Christ as my Lord and Savior. He will trust him. relationship that you're going to trust God for everything everything and then I want all of you young people under 20 years old to just get right on this side I want to pray for you if, if you're not as old as I think you are let's make it 23 hallelujah I want you young people to get right here but let's pray with her right now sing it together hallelujah you said. 
your hands and thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, let the Spirit of God bear witness. Let her begin the most exciting adventure that she's ever had on this planet. In Jesus' name. Some of you sisters, give her a good old-fashioned pray for her handshake and neck hugging. Come on, get these young people up here. Come a little closer. God, your generation needs help. They need help. I'm a board member of a children's home, have been for 43 years. The stories are getting, they're getting more violent every year. The abuse that's going on outside these doors. And maybe even in this neighborhood, I don't know. But I'm going to ask God to give you a revelation to begin a lifestyle of trusting God for everything. Trust in God that you can make the best grades you've ever made. You'll be the best athlete you could ever be. You could be the best drama, best singer, best whatever. I'm asking God to give you the revelation to trust in the Lord for everything. Trust Him for everything. Stretch your hands this way. Father, in the name of Jesus, you came to me when I was young. You came to me when I was young, Lord. You saved me when I was young. You filled me with the Holy Ghost when I was young. You called me into the ministry, God, when I was 16 years old. And I know, God, if you can do it for me, you can do it for somebody here in this house. And I'm asking you, Lord, to let them begin a lifestyle. Let them begin a lifestyle, Lord. A lifestyle of trusting in you. Come on, church. Let's stretch our hands. I want to hear you pray. Come on, pray. Glory to God. Lord, fill with the Holy Ghost, God. Baptize in the Holy Ghost. Let them feel something from heaven. Let them know the answer is not in what this world has to offer. You can't put this in a pill. You can't put it in a, in a bottle. It only comes through faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you.
love you, Lord. Now, let's do you hear if you're, if you're a Christian and you feel free? Just lift up your hand and begin to thank God. Go ahead, thank Him. Thank Him. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want some of you parents, come on, move around in here and pray for these young people while we got them up here. One more time. one more thing I want you young people to know something I'm, I was 50 years old over 50 I was over 50 and a grandfather they asked me to preach Winterfest with 22,000 teenagers I wore a suit because they didn't tell me that well, I wasn't supposed to wear a suit and the young people when they saw me come out in a suit some of them said oh no they got a preacher at this conference I started preaching 20 minutes later the glory fell in that place I left at midnight. That was 20 after 9. I left at midnight. There were 14,000 of them still on the floor. Over 10,000 were baptized in the Holy Ghost. When you saw me up there at Rod Parsley's church, on a Tuesday night, 1,500 teenagers spontaneously. Nobody shook them. Nobody stirred them. The power fell. And I'm telling you this to let you know it's a possibility. So don't be disturbed when you go to church and all you see him doing is this. Don't be disturbed. That's not going to last much longer. Because my Bible said in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now God, I know this is a possibility. And I'm asking you, Lord, to start a hunger tonight. Start a hunger in these young people. Shift gears. I want something to shout with. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on, let's ask God to let these young people get a hold of something tonight. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus, Lord, this is a possibility. I know what happened in Tennessee with 22,000 teenagers. I know what happened at Rod Parsley's God with 6,000 there, 1,200, 1,500 baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I'm expecting God. Are you expecting God to give a hunger? Let's say it then. Say, God, my Lord, my Savior, I'm expecting tonight that a hunger is going to fall on one of these young people. One of them, that's all it takes. And it might be you. I said it might be you. <laughs> oh, God, hallelujah. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. <laughs> I'm about to start one. Glory.
down inside of me Telling me to go ahead Something down inside of me Telling me to go ahead Something down inside of me Telling me to go ahead Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead It's the Holy Ghost inside of me
you made up in your mind you're going to trust in him with all your heart and not lean on your understanding come on give God a praise and a shout I'm going on in Jesus I'm going to run with the Lord I'm not going back to that world I'm not going back where I came from I've got my mind made up my heart is fixed and I'm going to run in Jesus come on give God one more big shout of praise Why don't you high five three people tell them I'm going to go ahead. I'm going ahead. I'm not going back. I'm not turning around. I'm not looking back where I came from. Something down on the inside. Something down inside of me. The Holy Ghost down inside of me. Telling me to go ahead. I'm not going to listen to the devil. I'm not going to listen to the devil. The Holy Ghost telling me go ahead.
but it's about to get smooth. I was doing things my own way and it was rough, but now I'm going to trust in the Lord it's going to be smooth. I want y'all to give God a big hallelujah praise for Pastor Tommy Bates. Come on, come on. We heard from heaven tonight. We heard from heaven tonight. Pastor, we can't thank you enough. <laughs> well, we're overjoyed for your ministry. I think I'm Appalachian. How many of y'all came like, I, I must be Appalachian too? I don't. 
I like hog mogs and pigtails and pig feet and I must be Appalachian too. Pastor and Pastor Eric, thank you all so much for being a part of this experience tonight. What a blessing. And our heart is for these young people. I heard you preaching last year about that strong magnetic pull from the world. The world is pulling. But we have to make sure we break that magnetic pull for these young people. And be a fence around them and help them see this is the way walk ye in it. We're going to live it. We're going to demonstrate it and walk it out before them. So they have models of integrity and righteousness and holiness. Know that if you walk with God, he will bless you. He will bless you. He will take care of you. You don't need to go to the world for anything. All we need is found in Jesus. Amen. Have y'all been blessed tonight?